morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. Today's show is pre-recorded, so you won't be able to call in. However, we got some real good information for you. I've got Mr. Brian Terry, our lead tech from Agco, and Mr. Josh Wilson, our automatic transmission guru. That's right. We'll be in here going over some of our automatic transmission hot topics. That's right. And one of the things, Josh, I guess that I get more calls on than just about anything else, and that is the topic of flushing a transmission. In fact, today's detailed topic, if you go on the website, is on that exact thing. So we're going to kind of follow along with that just a little bit. You hear all kinds of garbage about flushing transmissions. Some of the worst things, they actually purport that this is better than a real service. Right. This has been a, an issue for us for 15, 20 years now they, when they come out with this. And yeah, they'll come up with every line in the book as far as what it will do and how good it is when really all it is is a money-making profit scheme for them and it does you absolutely no good right and that's the point it is a money maker the reasons being number one when you service a transmission properly you have to go into the transmission remove the pan which means you're going to have to have someone with a certain amount of knowledge right to go over it the proper service the service that we do at agco consists of the first thing i do is drive the vehicle mm-hmm. i have to drive it down the road get it to shift and make sure everything's working properly that's the only way anybody will know whether or not there is a problem before and or after the service that's right obviously if it was working good and it's not shifting after the service we know we knocked a wire off something is wrong something is wrong and it wasn't like that when it came in and that seems like such a simple thing just driving the car test driving the car before and after a service but you'd be amazed how many people don't do that yeah you see some of these drive-through shops where they don't even get in the vehicle right and there's no way to know whether or not that car had a problem before it came in or whether or not they created a problem. Well, that's right, because no matter how good you are, no matter how careful you are, it's very easy to inadvertently knock a wire off, knock a vacuum line off, and create a problem. But if you didn't drive it before, you just don't know that because you don't know what it's supposed to feel like. That's right. That's why you have to drive it before and after you work on it. Every car, every time. Mm -hmm. Now, from there, you've driven the car, you got it in, you got it on the rack. Okay. The next thing you want to do is check for leaks. Is is there anything else that needs to be addressed while you're doing the service? Mm -hmm. Some seals in the transmission, you have to have the pan off, say like a linkage lever seal. Right. The nut is on the inside of the transmission. Right. You would want to do that while the pan was off. No sense in doing that twice. Well, and let's back up just a second. Let's say we're doing a flush on this thing. We haven't driven the car. We hadn't gotten under to inspect it or anything. So we hook up this machine, we run this clean fluid through it, the guy gets the car back the next day, he notices a spot on the car, a puddle under the car. Now all of that fresh fluid has to be drained right back out again to do the repair. Now when you did a proper service, you put it up on a rack, you inspected the outside, you notice there was a leak. That leak can be fixed at a much lower cost now relative to having to come back and redo all this work. Right. Like I was getting to earlier, while your pan is off, you're talking five, ten more minutes to take the nut off and replace that seal. Whereas if you come back and do it, you're talking a whole nother hour, hour and 15 minute job. Plus fluid. Plus the fluid. Possibly a gasket. Yeah, pan gasket. Some pan gaskets are reusable. Many of them are not. That's right. So we've gotten the car, we've driven it, we've inspected it for leaks. If there are any leaks... You contact the customer. You let them know up front about that. Okay, we've noticed this, this, this. These can be repaired at this time for this amount of money as opposed to coming back, 
the customer decides if they want to do them now or maybe they want to come back later and address them. Now, where do we go from there? And before you can ask, I'm going to have to interrupt you because we've got to go to a quick little break. We'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. And that's why you never put a dead or live octopus in the microwave. Hey, it's the Ask Alphonse Show with me, Alphonse the Know-It-All Cajun. Hey! Caller, what you want to know? Alphonse, my old truck needs some repairs. Or should I buy a new one to save money? Well, let me get out my calculator here. Let's say a new truck costs about $35,000 plus $3,500 or so in taxes, then higher insurance. And you know, in about three years, the value is going to drop to about $15,000. That's $8,000 a year just to drive it. Wow, I never thought of it like that. I suggest taking it to Agco Automotive for a general inspection to see if your old truck is worth keeping, which I think it is. And if so, keep bringing it to Agco for regular maintenance, and you'll be able to drive it for a whole lot longer. And I can spend money on other things like my beautiful wife. I'm assuming she's right there in the room with you, huh? Alphonse, you do know it all, don't you? Learn more about the benefits of Agco at agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Agco. It's the place to go. Hi, and welcome back to the Automotive Hour. If you just join us, it's a special pre-recorded Christmas show. Not live, but you can still get your questions answered by sending us an email at agcoauto.com. In the meantime, I've got Mr. Josh Wilson, the resident guru of transmissions at Agco Automotive, here on the show with me. And Brian Terry, of course, is in the background answering a few questions as well. Between us all, we'll try to get a lot of good information out to you. Now, Josh, just before the break, you were talking about a transmission service. And first thing you do, of course, is to drive the car inspect it, check for leaks, call the customer if we find anything, get the price okay, and now we're ready to service transmission. What is the next step? Next thing is remove the pan, remove the filter, and cut that filter open. Mm-hmm. I want to know what the transmission looks like, how many miles are on it, and how much debris it's generated. Is it a normal amount of debris, or do I see anything that's more than normal? Or is there a washer or any I got to laugh when I hear that. (laughs) We found that on yours. That's uh, right. You know, I've got a Buick Park Avenue 2005, fairly low mileage, 89,000 miles. And really, I did feel one or two little glitches when it was shifting, but nothing that would really alarm me. Right. Of course, we brought it in for just a normal service, dropped the pan. Right. Pan looked great, cut the filter open, and there it is, two... Nice little brass washers or what was left of the brass washers. Right, planetary washers. That come out of the rear planetary. Right. Uh, now, had I not had a proper service, let's say I went and got a flush, that would never have been discovered. Right. Now, I take off. I go on vacation. I'm halfway between here and New York City, maybe in the bottom of Virginia. And what happens? Well, eventually, on a particularly on a planetary failure, that could be very, very catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Once the gears go out, Depending, sometimes it'll stop moving. Sometimes the gears will break and prevent the vehicle from rolling at all. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't get out and push it out of the road or anything. It's physically locked up yep. because it just depends on how the gears break when they fail. So, yeah, that's real, real big problem. When you're on the road, definitely not anything you – I mean, you're stuck. Yeah, it's you bad gotta, enough when something like that happens to you at home. But at home – Number one, you've generally got another car available to you. You've got friends that can help you, that can pick you up. You can call a wrecker. You can take it to a shop that you know and trust. That's right. You know who to, hopefully you know the people around you and where to bring your car. Mm -hmm. 
that's not something you want to wait till you have a problem. You know, you'd like to have your shop, good relationship with a shop. So when you have a problem, you can bring it in and have that problem taken care of. Right. And at very least, you've got your regular network around. You've got folks that right. you know and trust. So you can call somebody. Maybe you don't know anything about cars. Maybe you got a friend that's a car guy. A lot of ladies like to call their dad or their brother or their husband or boyfriend or whomever. Someone who knows more about cars, you can ask them. But when you're out on the road, now what? Now you're probably going to be listening to the tow truck driver. <laughs> Which is probably the absolute Which, worst thing you can do. Yeah. Because oh, a lot of tow truck drivers actually get a little right. They're kickback. All, they to, get kickbacks for bringing you here and there, but you're on the road. I mean, that's you don't have much to go by. That's right. So that's a, a real probability of thing it could happen to you. Right. Now, I headed all those problems off. We went ahead, tore it down, rebuilt the transmission. But had we not dropped the pan cut the filter open i would not have known that yeah had we not even cut the filter open say we just dropped the pan and replaced the filter Mm -hmm. we wouldn't we would not have seen that and that's something that a lot of people may think well wherever i go they're going to do that but that's not necessarily the case no that is that's not the normal that's just something that i've come to do over the years we know pattern failures on vehicles that's not the first washer we've seen in that kind of transmission Mm -hmm. the 4t65 that's pretty common. So we know to look for that. We know to look for that. We know what to look for on the Ford. Toyotas, everybody has their own pattern failures, and we know what to look for on each particular vehicle. Mm-hmm. And that's not anything other than just years of doing it. Mm-hmm. That's not in, you're not going to learn that in school. You go into a young guy, maybe an extremely good technician, but that's not anything that he's going to pick up until he has years in the field of doing the same thing. Right. Seeing what fails on which cars, what are the early signs. So again, that's kind of a good reason to go with someone who has experience, someone who's more or less a transmission specialist. Right. Now, in many areas, to go to a transmission specialist, what that involves is going to a transmission specialty shop. And that's good as far as it goes. But there's certain drawbacks to that as well. I know a lot of times folks will come in to us thinking they've got a transmission problem, and what we find is actually an engine running problem. Right. That's And that kind of falls into the forward pattern failures. They had the shutters and the coil failures, the misfires right. that feel almost exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we've kind of evolved to over the years that we can, where you've added me in the transmission department. Mm-hmm. We can pass things back and forth from one department to the other and get the vehicle fixed. That's right. And the thought was I was studying medical models because you can see doctors have gone to this more and more where they're forced to specialize because of costs and training and so on and so forth. So what they do is they'll put a doctor's group together and maybe they'll have an internist in there. They'll have different disciplines of medicine and they can consult among themselves and they can get the patient treated. Same thing with a car. Like within the shop, we've got drivability people, we've got a transmission guy, we have got a suspension guy. Because I've also seen where folks come in and they'll say they've got a transmission issue, think transmission going out, come to find out they've actually got some tires that are going bad, a separated tire. Because that can shake and shimmy and wobble and cause a lot of things that actually feel like a transmission. Brian, I know you've seen where a car will come in maybe with a separated tire. Correct. And when you drive it, it's got like a wobble feel to it. Right, and that sometimes gets misdiagnosed. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, I'll actually go ride with a customer. That's right. And what they're trying to explain is not actually what's happening with the vehicle. Mm -hmm. So therefore, if you get to ride with a customer, the customer can show you, 
this is the problem I got. Right. So in my experience, then I can take and say, well, this is going to be a suspension problem. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a transmission problem. We need to send this to Josh. Right. And that is the advantage of having multiple people under one roof because Let's say you go to a transmission specialty shop, and they may be the greatest specialty shop there is. Remember years ago, Josh, when your dad had reliable transmissions, y'all did transmissions, probably the best shop certainly in the city and possibly in the the state, if not the United States. But when you would come across a drivability issue, now you have to refer that out to me. And in some cases, that even involved maybe towing a car or whatever, which was inconvenient to the customer. That's right. And we were across town from each other Mm -hmm. for years, and it was... Yeah, come pick your car up and bring it to Agco or vice versa and or have it towed. You know? Right. But and it, sometimes it was a really big inconvenience. Right. Sometimes folks would come to us and think they had a suspension problem because they had a vibration. We'll come to find out it's a transmission problem. The torque converter is coming apart or whatever. Well, again, have to move the car. So that's why many years ago, your dad and I decided to consolidate two shops in one building. And that worked out well for a number of years. Your dad retired. And then at that point, we're able to just go ahead and bring you in to the ACO operation, which gave us that much more capabilities. Right. And another thing is that a lot of times transmissions are electronically controlled. So you may get into an area that you think is a transmission problem that can actually be an electrical problem, many times outside of the transmission. That's right. I think we just did one earlier this week that had wires chewed off from a rodent. That's right. So yeah, any kind of electrical issue, you're just... You don't know which way to go. That's why it's so good to have a guy on staff that does electrical wiring, can check the entire computer, and can repair any kind of wiring type issues. That's right. They'll usually leave you a code and a direction to go into, but a code is not going to tell you exactly what the problem no, is. It's just going to give you a direction to go into. A brief starting point. Hey, we're going to take a quick little break. We'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Wines from Chicago to L.A. And that's why cayenne pepper should never be stored in the bathroom. Hey, it's the Ask Alphonse show with me, Alphonse the Know-It-All Cajun. Call her what you want to know. Alphonse, my car needs a new transmission, but I think there might be some other problems looming in the near future. I might as well get a new car, right? Well, here's what I'll recommend. Take it to the pros at Agco Automotive for a general inspection. They know their stuff and they're mighty honest. They'll be able to see if there's any problems likely in the future and tell you your best option. And if you keep your car, bring it into Agco for regular maintenance and you'll be driving it for a long time. Thank you, Alphonse. You do know it all. Say, are you as good-looking as you are smart? Well, let's just say, I know you wouldn't be disappointed. Learn more about the benefits of AGCO at agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. AGCO, it's the place to go. This is the Automotive Hour, I'm host Lewis Alfan, and today's show is pre-recorded because we're all messing around on vacation somewhere. However, I've got Mr. Brian Terry and Mr. Josh Wilson in the studio with me. So between three of us, I think we can get a decent show put together. There you go. Now, you know, just in case you want to call in, you can't call uh, today. Can't call today huh? <laughs> but if you have a question, you can still always get a question answered. That's right. You can go to our website. It's www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O. A-U-T-O dot com. 
Easy way to remember that, South Tazan's Garage Company. That's right. There's a contact bar on every page. You can send Lewis an email even while we're on vacation. That's right. I always travel with my laptop, and, of course, there's Internet connections just about everywhere on the planet. So That's it, so you won't be totally out of touch. That's right. And if you have a question, just go ahead and send that to me. Use that fresh form on the website each and every time, because if you go to an old email maybe that you had from the past, you try to reply to that it's not going to come to me it's just going to bounce back to you right that's part of our software to keep a lot of spam from that's right our, but if you go box. to the website hit contact fill that form out send it to me i'll get an answer back to you within 24 hours if for any reason you haven't received an answer back from me within 24 hours then you need to just go ahead and send it again because it got lost somewhere i don't right. ever ignore an email that or check your return address and make sure it's valid make sure it was filled in properly the day I got one, and it was at att.com, uh-huh. and I think it's actually supposed to be att.net, so that's an easy, easy mistakes mistake. to make, and I could actually figure that one out, and I got it, got an email back to him, that's but great. a lot of times I can't figure it out if it's a character wrong somewhere, because it's generally just a bunch of gibberish in there, you know, on your email address, right? you know, it may mean something to you, but I just can't figure it out, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, go ahead and just send it again, of course, while you're on the website, lots and lots of other things to do, you got detailed topics on there, and our topic today is transmission service and particularly flushing transmissions. And that is a detailed topic. If you want to follow along or get more information, what we're talking about, just go to the website. You can read that. It'll be all about transmission flushing with pictures and a lot of things we're talking about today. Right. Some of the do's, some of the don'ts. That's right. Most of the don'ts. <laughs> Josh, just before we took the break, we were talking about transmission services and you were kind of telling us some of the things you do. And of course, first we drive the car and you inspect for leaks. Next, you drop the pan, take the filter out, cut the filter open, examine the contents. That's right. Let's say we've gotten to that point and everything looks good. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've gotten to the filter cut open. Everything looks good. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do next is we're going to go get our new filter, new filter seal or gasket. Just about every filter has some kind of a seal mm-hmm. where it goes into the pump or where it mates up to the valve body. That's right. We're going to check the valve body bolts, make sure right. they're have not come loose. What happens there, I guess the bolts don't actually come loose per se. It's not like something gets in there and then loosens them. The gasket under the valve body tends to shrink up over time. That's right. The, the gasket compresses and then the bolts become loose. Right. That's the net effect is that the bolts end up loose. Right. Real quick process. Just get your torque wrench. I pretty much remember the torque specs on most of them. Sometimes I have to go look it up, but mm-hmm. you want to make sure the valve body bolts are tight. Get your new filter and filter seal. Make sure you get that seal put in correctly. A lot of times that's where some of the problems come in where somebody serviced it is they'll cut no ring or cut the seal mm-hmm. during the installation. So put your filter seal, put your pan back up. Now we got to go get the right fluid. Big, big point on all of your modern oh, there's cars. There's so many different fluids out there. Now, just to back up for a second, too, there's a number of filters that can actually fit maybe one transmission. That's right. I think we're going to be adding that to the website in the An future. In the near future. Filters can look very, very similar. Mm-hmm. You really have to pay attention to what filter you're getting. Even when you're buying one from the store, you have to make sure it was boxed right because there are very, very subtle differences in filters. The one in particular is Toyota Corolla has a transmission called the A245E. Mm-hmm. That transmission is different from 2002 to 2003, 2002 earlier and 2003 later. That filter and pan gasket is different. Very, mm-hmm. very similar. Though. Even though it's the same designation on transmission. 
they're both A245Es. Right, and but they're different. Now, I know another one that comes to my mind is like on the 4L60E, which goes in a lot of Chevy pickups and Suburbans and so on. There's, what, three different filter depths, depending there's, on well, the depth there's, of pan. Yeah, there's three common ones. There's actually probably five or six different ones. Wow. Because the, the Colorado Canyon uses a real strange filter mm-hmm. configuration, and the Corvettes use a different configuration. Mm-hmm. All of them have four L60Es, you know. Well, if you went to the parts store and you say, look, I've got a 2004 model Chevy Silverado 1500, blah, blah, blah. The guy goes on the shelf. He says, four L60E transmission. He grabs a filter. He hands it to you. Now, that might be the right filter, and that could possibly be the wrong filter. Even if you looked it up perfectly right, it could be box strong. Right. It could be box strong. Somebody at one point could have returned a filter. All kinds of different scenarios. There are different depth. There's filters that look the same, but one is a little bit deeper than the other one. One's right. for a shallow pan, say like one that would come in a Camaro, mm-hmm. low profile, rides low to the ground, and it has a shallow pan on it. So they put a shorter filter. They put a, They had to make that difference up in the filter. Now, if you put too tall of a filter, you're going to probably catch that because you won't be able to put the pan back on. Not At least with, you won't be able to easily put the pan back on. <laughs> Not without a lot of effort. Yeah, I've seen it done, but uh-huh. no, the pan should bottom out on the filter before the bolts go all the way in. But now if you put too short of a filter. That would be real easy to do. Mm-hmm. Put the too short of a filter in, fill it up to the correct level on right. the dipstick, and then, then you would still catch air, particularly going around a corner mm-hmm. or on an incline. That's right. That filter is not sitting deep enough in the fluid fluid sump, and real easy way to catch air. Right. When when you get air, you get a slip. Right. That, and you can also get where it will aerate the fluid and start bubbling out of the dipstick tube. We've seen that a couple of times, and in one or two instances, I've actually heard of vehicles catching on fire. If that That's fluid right. comes bubbling out, it gets on the exhaust manifold. It aerates and comes out either the filler tube or the vent. Mm-hmm. Some of those that had problems had a big, long hose on the vent to run it away from the exhaust. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that, that could be a real dangerous issue, especially coming out of the filler tube, because that is almost always going to come down onto exhaust manifold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess the best way to avoid that, or at least to lessen the chances of that, would be either to buy the filter from someone who knows about transmissions, know the trust, or go to the dealer and give them the VIN number on the vehicle. At least they're going to look up probably the right part there. Now, that's not to ensure they're going to pull the right part or the right part was in the box because little things like that can still happen. Right. You should be reasonably safe going that method. Mm -hmm. As opposed to just going to a parts store and tell them what kind of transmission you have. And we were speaking just before the filter. I kind of interrupted you on that, but you were talking about the different types of fluid. Right. Many, many different types of fluid, and they are vehicle specific, and it does make a big difference. a lot of people say, well, this is a multi-vehicle transmission fluid. Right. Fits all the vehicles. That's, that is not the case. Kind of like a crescent wrench is a universal wrench, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, these, it's just not good for anything in particular. Right. The transmissions are actually calibrated even into the computer program mm-hmm. as to what kind of fluid that vehicle is supposed to have in it. Mm-hmm. All kinds of calibrations that are affected. You will get some shift issues using the wrong fluid and possibly some durability issues for instance more and more transmissions today actually require synthetic fluid they don't 
suggest synthetic fluid. They don't say it's better to use synthetic fluid. They require synthetic fluid. Yeah. They're designed to run with a synthetic. And there would be your 2006 and later General Motors products, which take Dextron 6. And, of course, Chrysler's got, what, ATF-3, ATF-4? Right. ATF-3 on their older ones and the ATF-4. Ford's Just got God knows how every, many. Yeah, everybody's got their own special fluids. And, yeah, even within your vehicle manufacturers, there's several different fluids for the different vehicles. Mm-hmm. Toyota has got their regular T4, which they've had for years. And then now they've got the WS, which is the world standard. Right. And another thing to, to point out about the fluid mm-hmm. is you can't always go by the color of the fluid. Mm-hmm. A lot of these new fluids are coming out dark. Mm-hmm. And where you would have thought that that fluid looks burnt mm-hmm. because of the color that it is, not necessarily the case. Yeah, we ran across that. I hadn't heard the problem so much lately, but going back about a month or so ago, we had three or four customers that called me, and they were at, I'm not going to mention the name of a shop, but at one of these quick loop kind of places, and they were being told they need to service their transmissions. And in all four cases, we had already serviced these transmissions just a few months before. And the reason being cited was the transmission fluid is dark. That's right. And the only way they're checking that is by pulling the dipstick out and wiping it on usually a white paper towel. Right. And these new fluids, a dark burgundy, almost a purple Almost color. a wine red yeah. is almost normal now. It is normal on a lot of these vehicles. And that's going to fall back on an experienced technician doing transmissions and doing them day in and day out and knowing what is actually normal what is normal for this vehicle and what is normal for a different vehicle. It's not all, hey, it's red, it's good, it's brown, it's bad. Right. That's not the case. There's no across-the-board standard. Well, and that's one thing that we talk about in the article in Detailed Topics. If you go and we actually show some different color ranges there. But some of your fluid, like your Dextron 6 we mentioned earlier, is almost purple in color right out of the bottle. Some other fluid is bright red. And if you look at the two, you could even say, well, this fluid is bad because, well, no, it's not. It's brand new. That's just the color it is. And transmission fluid, when it's actually manufactured, when it comes out of that refinery, it's actually a almost clear amber color like all oil is. They add dye to it for identification purposes. And that's all that dye does is identify the product. That's right. It makes it easier to tell whether or not you have engine oil leak or transmission fluid leak. But it's not any indication of the quality of the fluid or how long the fluid is going to last or what shape the fluid's in. No, and matter of fact, a lot of your better, your synthetic fluids are actually looking darker than your fossil Yeah, ATF. your standard problems. You, you can't call them petroleum anymore because they're all petroleum. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the point is, I guess, if someone comes to you with a little chart showing you a bunch of different colors and say, look, your fluid is dark, so that means you need to change it, you're probably in the wrong place. That's right. Don't go by color anymore. No. I mean, unless it's just black. If it's and black, it has that's a, a different matter. There's always going to be an exception that's going to make the rule. Right. And usually there'll be a burnt smell that will just about knock your head back. Well, now, and the thing is this, if you do have black burnt fluid, then a service is not going to do you any good anyway. You've got another problem. That's right. Fluid doesn't get black and burned because it wears out. There is something going on in that transmission. Most likely, you have some clutches burned up. That's the reason the fluid is black. Something's burned up. So a service is not going to help this transmission. It's going to need more than that. That's right. Like we were saying, you just you have to know 
who's working on it and what their experience is. Really too many things to go over. Yeah, too many things to really know to just, even something as simple as color the fluid, it'd be almost impossible to give anybody a, a guideline. And since you can't use the color of the fluid, what is the best indication of when to service your transmission? How do you know when to service transmission? When you want to service your transmissions, it's still going to be mileage and time. Right, time and mileage. We've been going two years, 30,000 miles for years. Mm-hmm. You can stretch that out. Well, with, with the new these, fluids, they are better. The right, clutch material is better. With these new fluids, the synthetics, I still wouldn't go over 50,000 miles right. before servicing your automatic transmission. Well, and you will see many times what a manufacturer will recommend 100,000 miles. But again, you got to remember, they kind of consider the life of the car 100,000 miles. So that's where they're going with that. They're trying to make the car look more maintenance-free. That's right. And the other thing you're doing is you're having somebody look inside it. We're cutting the filter open. We're inspecting the transmission. Right. So we can hit off any problems that may be coming up. You're getting a whole lot more than just a transmission service. That's right. Transmission That's service. right. Hey, we got to take another quick little break, but we'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. And that's why Justin Bieber should never, I repeat, never be cloned. Hey, it's the Ask Alphonse Show with me, Alphonse the Know-It-All Cajun. Caller, what you want to know? Alphonse, my six-year-old car needs about $2,500 worth of work, a new AC, and tires. You think I should do it or invest in a new car? So how much you paid for it six years ago? $40,000. $40,000. Well, now it's valued at about $10,000, so it costs you $30,000 to drive it the last six years. That's $5,000 a year. Well, let's say you keep the car and spend about $2,500 on repairs every couple of years, which is about $1,200 a year. Way less than a new car, huh? Whoa, sounds like I need to keep my old car. Then bring it to Agco Automotive for regular maintenance, and it will last you even longer. Now that sounds like a good investment. Hey, Al, you got any stock market tips? Oh, for that, you got to tune to my other show, Al's Financial Hour. Learn more about the benefits of AGCO at agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot com. AGCO, it's the place to go. Loud noise off the river to ride. Don't mind it cause the man with the whiskers has a lot behind it. But I can't keep punching with a victory crew when you're making me punch you with that bottle. Hey, welcome back. You just joined us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Alzan. While today's show is pre-recorded, so you can't call in, you can always reach us by going to the website. That's right. Get your questions answered there. The address is www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Easy way to remember that's Altazan's Garage Company. That's right. Get you to our site. There's a contact bar on every page. You can send Lewis an email. Even while we're going on vacation, he'll answer it for you. Well, that's right. I don't mind at all. I usually I usually reserve a little bit of time in the afternoon. I'll sit down and take all my emails, answer them, get them out. and kind of keeps me makes me feel like I'm back home again. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> while I'm off in the foreign lands. You know? there you go. <laughs> that's funny. We were up in New York a couple of years ago, and everybody was saying, man, what part of the South are you from? So how do you know I'm from South? You just opened your mouth. I said, yeah, no, I don't have an accent like the rest of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you spot that right off, huh? <laughs> he just got laughed at me. <laughs> we were talking about transmissions. We were talking about servicing transmissions, proper service on transmission, which we've discussed a bit here. I guess what I'd like to do in the final segment is debunk the myth, as I call it, of flushing a transmission. You know, first off, Josh, what is flushing a transmission? Flushing the transmission is going to consist of usually a low-grade tech, just 
has enough information to hook this machine up and run it. Mm-hmm. All they're doing is the machine ties straight into the cooler lines. And as it's taking fluid out of one line, it's putting new fluid into the other line. That's right. And yeah. the contention is that this is going to change 100% of the fluid. That's right. They'll tell you it'll change 100% of the fluid. It'll back flush. It'll clean the transmission, solve any problems. You and know, none of that is true. None because of number one, it cannot possibly back flush anything because no, the motor's running where it, and it's using the pump on the transmission to power the machine. That's right. And that the pump in the transmission is much, much stronger than the little secondary pump in the machine. Right. And the other thing is, when that fluid runs through the line returning to the transmission, mm-hmm. it's just dumping into the a pan reservoir and the pan. sump with all of the, the, dirty fluid. the dirty fluid and a lot of the new fluid. So it's not in one line and out the other line. It, it's not it, a linear thing. It's di- a diluting thing. That's right. It all dumps back into a sump and you're getting new fluid right back out with the old fluid. So like we were getting at, it's just, it's not an in one line and out with the other. It just goes in and it mixes. Well, let's say we got a transmission that holds 12 quarts of fluid. One quart goes out, you put a fresh quart in. That dumps into the 11 quarts of old fluid. So now we've basically changed about 8% of the fluid. Now what happens is that 92% clean, dirty mix goes through the line. You take one quart off of that and you dump another quart back in. Now, obviously, in time, you're going to get a stronger and stronger concentration of new fluid. But at the same time, you're taking clean, dirty mix, and you're dumping that back out. So you're not ever going to get 100% clean transmission. It just can't possibly happen. Mathematically, it can't happen. That's right. And in addition to that, there's oil that is in circuits, that's in the clutch drums. It's in the passages that's while the vehicle's sitting there running in park or neutral, none of that fluid is being touched. That's right. It's so just, that fluid is just sitting lingering. stationary. Right. It's sitting there stationary while the cooler lines are pumping fluid just to the pan and back to the back, back to the pan to you, the cooler and just making a cycle there. Yeah, you also mentioned the pump on that transmission is very, very powerful and a lot of the fluid that the pump is producing at an idle and in part is actually going through a pressure regulator, which is dumping that back to the pan. It's not even going out to the cooler line. Yeah, probably not even, transmission's not using 30% of what that pump is capable of. So what it's doing is it's pumping this clean, dirty mix around a circle, dumping it back in the pan, stirring it up a little bit more. Most of that, most of your new fluid just dumps right out of the pressure regulator, right back into the pan, where the filter can pick it up and send it back to the cooler. Mm -hmm. So you're picking up a whole lot of new fluid with, with the, old fluid. the old fluid, which that tells you that you're not ever going to get that 100%. Right. But another thing that that does is that's a complete waste of that new fluid. That's right. It, it goes right back into, into the that flushing machine <laughs> and into the flushing machine and, you know, into the waste oil. That's right. So we're thinking that flushing machine gets 50%. Yeah. So you do 12 quarts of fluid. You just threw quarts of new fluid. In the trash. Probably got recycled right back oh, yeah, through it's, there. It's going to be. And then you add to that what was in the drums and stuff that weren't circulating, which gets dumped back in there. So you're getting maybe, I mean, just to be optimistic, blue sky, let's say you get 80% of the fluid. You're not anywhere close to 100%. That's right. And more likely you're closer to 50%, which if you drop the pan, drain six quarts out, you're right at 50% anyway. So you're doing the same, you're getting the same amount of good. You can actually cause more problems than, than you have before because that new fluid is dumping in. 
into the pan, stirring the fluid up. Mm-hmm. And the old fluid and trash is getting caught in the filter. That's right. And it stops the filter up. Everything has to go through the filter. Correct. And that's another fallacy is they will tell you that flushing the transmission is going to clean the inside of it. If the pump is pushing fluid through this thing, that's the same thing it does every day of its life. How is it all of a sudden going to start cleaning anything? That's right. And the, the filter is an enclosed filter, you know, pulling in almost like a sock. It's pulling in one end and all of that debris gets trapped into the filter material. All right, so it can't possibly come out. It's not coming out. And the only thing you're ever doing is stirring up more debris and further restricting that filter. The filter is probably a bigger problem than the fluid was in the first place. That's right. You've got to change your filter. You want to keep a good flow of oil going through filter and into the pump. Without getting too technical, there's two circuits in your transmission, mm-hmm. most transmissions. We're going to go kind of generic here. Your lube circuit, which is going through the cooler, and then your pressure circuit, which is pressurizing your clutch drums. Right. Now, a lot of transmissions have the ability, if they if they don't have enough fluid, they'll cut fluid to the cooler off to keep the clutch drums pressurized. Right. So if you're not getting enough fluid through the filter, you, you want to keep both circuits fully energized. Right. So further restricting your filter, you can actually cut cooler flow to keep your pressure high enough, side, to keep from slipping. High enough from slipping, which is going to overheat because you've cut your cooler flow. That's right. Now, but it's cutting all to the loop circuit, so you're not getting proper lubrication. That's right, which will result in pretty catastrophic damage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Continue driving. So, you haven't really changed all the fluid, which was one of the number one claims. No way possible to do that. You haven't cleaned the inside of the transmission. You may possibly have restricted the filter and made things worse. Now, another thing is, I've always had a great suspicion that they may not be putting the right fluid in this flushing machine. You start talking about pushing 12 quarts. So some of that fluid is $18, $19, $25 a quart. That's right. Like we were talking earlier, each vehicle has its own separate oil that it has to use. Mm-hmm. That machine, are they going to clean that machine out and use 100% the proper fluid, the proper fluid for that vehicle every I, time? I guess my fear is and my thought is that if they're willing to tell you all the stuff this machine is going to do that it can't do, and they're basically, in my opinion, doing this just to make money. Why would they be concerned about putting a top quality fluid in here? Why not put Dextron 3, or the cheapest thing they could find, in every single transmission well, that's and it. make that much more money? That's it. They have to go with the cheapest fluid available to turn the profit. Right. And I'm not saying they would do that. I'm just saying that's the kind of stuff that bottles me when I hear this whole scenario. For many, many years, we've been saying, don't flush your transmission. Do a proper service. I felt, I guess, somewhat vindicated when General Motors recently came out with a statement and basically backed up exactly what we have been saying for years. That's right. They recently come out with their bulletin saying just that, do not flush the transmissions. Yeah, the machines that you hook to these transmissions to run fluid through them does not do a good job. It may damage transmission, and we will void the warranty. So do not do this. And I know for a fact a lot of the GM dealerships were flushing transmissions. Now, I don't know if they still are. If someone suggests that to you, you might refer them to the internal bulletin and say, hey, you know, <laughs> this is what your company says. <laughs> so That's right. And, and that's one of the things that bothered us. We're this one company, one organization here preaching don't do it. Right. It seemed like everybody else was saying, yeah, it is what you're supposed to do. Right. And it makes it difficult for the customer. I mean, they, they're they hearing two sides of a story. And that's right. They have to figure out which one is best for them. 
Well, and see, in some areas, maybe you don't have an Agco Automotive, and the guy who is trying to do it right doesn't have a radio show to come out and tell you what's best. So now he's just one little voice out there, and you've got all these quick lubes, all these other places out here saying, oh, no, do, do this, do this, do this. And when I go on the Internet, a lot of times I'll read, and they make out like, oh, no, this is a much superior service. Not, well, I'm just doing this to make some money. <laughs> that's right. And that's kind of what they'll say is they're not changing all of the fluid. But, neither uh, method's using neither changing method, all the fluid, that's but right. the fluid is not the problem. That's right. Petroleum's uh, not going to basically break down. It's just going to lose its additives. When you replenish half of the fluid, you replenish the additives, which is the main thing you were trying to do. Beyond that, changing the filter is going to be the big issue. That's right. The filter and like you were saying, in the fluid, there is seal conditioners and friction additives that you do want to replenish. Anti-foam agents, anti-rust agents, detergents. That's right. The fluid, the oil itself is not ever going to break down. It's the additives and the conditioners in there that you want to replace. That's right. Now, there are some transmissions, Josh, that don't have a pan on it. Now, on those, let's say a lot of your Honda and Acura units, some of your older Nissan units, I think with some of the others that do not have a pan. GM is actually using some of those also. Okay. Uh, it's actually starting to get a little bit more common. Mm-hmm. What we're doing on those is draining and filling. You cannot get to the filter without removing the transmission and disassembling it. So mm-hmm. even more important on that particular kind of vehicle to, to keep it clean, to, to keep it clean, the filter from stopping up. That's right. You want to drain and fill it. That's all you can do. You definitely do not want to flush that because anything that gets stirred up and restricts that filter, that's going to become major repair whereas the other kind of transmission where you have a pan you can at least replace the filter so on a honda transmission if you drain the sump out put fresh fluid in crank it up it sucks up into that filter now you run it for 10 minutes 15 minutes when you turn it off that fluid is going to run back out through that filter which is more or less going to wash it out to a certain degree to a degree it will and if you drain it immediately then you can refill it again and you can do, a, I guess that's the best you can do. It's that, not my preferred method, but it's the best you can do with that particular design. That's right. You got to, what you have to work with. Mm-hmm. And that's all you have to work with on that, that particular model. So draining and filling, maybe even more often than your. Well, the cost is going to be lower because you're not buying a filter and you're not buying a gasket in many cases. That's right. And also the labor is less in many cases. So it's, it's a less expensive service to do. You want to do it more often because you want to prevent a problem. You don't want to wait until the filter plugs up. That's right. And you also, I know we're, we're kind of going back to sticking with a professional. Mm-hmm. A lot of these transmissions, it's almost like the old standards. There's plugs on them that look like a field plug mm-hmm. that is actually anchor pins. Mm-hmm. And if you pull that out, you've just lost a band or you've just lost something. Well, yeah, you unscrew this looks like a drain plug or a field plug inside a transmission. And something goes clank and falls inside of there. <laughs> That's right. You're, you're not going to have a good day from that point on. No, it's going to turn real ugly. <laughs> but yeah, and that is a issue with a certain transmission that is out. That transmission is in multiple manufacturers. Nissan, Volvo, GM, they all use it. And that is a real common problem that we're seeing is that band anchor that people are pulling out to fill it up. And that's causing Wham, a lot of problems. Move. <laughs> hey, you know, we're just about totally out of time, but we haven't even scratched the surface.
just so much to talk about. But, of course, we have to be for another show. So we want to start getting on out of here. Tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on the Automotive Hour. Go to your favorite podcast service, find us, and give us a written rating. Yeah, if you give us a written review, what that will do is move us up in the ratings so more people can find us when they type in the word automotive or auto repair or car show or whatever. We'll be close to the top so more people can listen to us. Easy to find. Yeah, much easier to find. That's all based on the written reviews we get from you folks. So we really appreciate it when you do that. Not only that, but it lets us know we're doing a good job. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.